there's no electricity where I'm located. Um, I think members and colleagues will pardon me um, due to the to the network, and I know that uh, most of us were experiencing or will be experiencing the same challenge as we start now. Um, can Mr. Matonsi uh, fly to the agenda? Person, are you able to say it? Yeah, if you can make it a bit bigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thanks, uh, 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 members. Good morning, Praedi. Uh, good morning, the honorable members of the portfolio committee. Uh, morning, the minister, the DMM and the DG and the entire uh, uh, council uh, team. Morning, the IEC, um, I hope, is led by uh, Deputy Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Love, and other commissioners in the executive, our state law advisors, um, the Parliamentary Legal Service. We are today uh, continuing and to close Recording up in progress. the outstanding issues that uh, members had requested uh, to consult on, uh, though the committee has already made an impression uh, on the consensus um, informed by the process of the deliberation we were taken on. I think that they uh, would uh, also get a, a brief a, a recap from the content advisor just to remind on record key issues that uh, were out, out, outstanding. And then we'll then move to the, Braedi uh, will outline the matter on the uh, point number three um, and we'll engage members to, so that we close up on the, on the, on the matters that were outstanding. They are a matter which I felt I need to raise uh, for the attention of the committee. And we think that, uh, or the chair think that uh, we may need to bring the minister and the TM, the TG back to the uh, committee. There's a correspondence I've got to learn about uh, in relation to the issues which are related to the ABIS or EOH uh, and IDEMIA matters that uh, are within the department. I'm informed also that uh, there was uh, an article in relation to that of one of the national papers. And it appears that uh, the correspondence from one of the, uh, or the party in parliament raises issues that uh, were not uh, those which were the committee has been briefed on by the by the department to the extent that uh, there are more non-factual issues that are arising from the uh, correspondence. It may be important that uh, we get into the issues of the department and the committee 
And when we interact on the public, we're able to raise factual issues without uh, limiting our views as members and the parties that are constituted in the uh, assembly. I will then inform by that uh, matter uh, uh, for record, uh, Mr. Matonzi, that it will then, because at the time, the CETA and the department had briefed the committee on the issues that were arised and in line with the treasury uh, a consultation by the department, we then decided that uh, the committee will, in the meantime, or in the period in question, request the department to come and give the, the committee, uh, to, to update the committee on the process. And I think that decision still stands. We'll then allocate time for the uh, minister and the DG to come and brief and update the committee on all the issues that seem to be unclarified so that all of us were able to engage or talk with authority on the matters. We're noting those correspondence in relation uh, 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 to that man. So I felt that I must uh, uh, raise it uh, here. And I'm not going to limit yourselves, members, uh, uh, to raise on, on the matter. I'm going to now uh, invite Mr. Matonsi to uh, render item number two on apologies, and I'll immediately uh, get into, oh, oh, yeah, and also Mr. Matonsi, you will uh, uh, then field members or stakeholders that are in attendance so that we we'll also uh, invite for apologies if they want to render apologies. Thank you. Okay, Chairperson, uh, from, from my side, I've got an apology from the Minister of Home Affairs and also Ms. Kanyele. Uh, those are the only two apologies from my side, Chairperson. Uh, and, and from the other stakeholders, it will be, I don't have apologies, but you can just check with them, uh, Legal Service Parliament and the Department, the IEC, and the State Law Advisors. Okay. Thanks very okay. much, Mr. Matonsi. We'll note, uh, firstly, the apologies of the Minister and Honorable Kanyele. Can I invite uh, a deputy minister if there's any apology uh, outside that of the minister? No, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. That is the only apology that is uh, coming from the from the minister. Thank you very much. But we are here uh, for any other issues. Thanks. Thank you, uh, deputy minister. Uh, can I check with the? Um, Commissioner Love or Commissioner Mieta or Commissioner Masuku, any commissioner that want to render apologies? Uh, good morning, Chairperson. It's uh, it's Musotu Mwepia. I I am standing in. Um, commissioner Love will join us later. She she is in a meeting with uh, um, um, the Deputy Minister of Health uh, on an on a matter that they had asked that she urgently uh, attend to. Um, we are here. Our team is here, uh, and we will deal with the issues um, that we, we we need to deal with today. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Commissioner Mehta, and apologies noted. Um, can I check with the state law advisor? Ms. Williams? Or... Good morning, Chairperson. It's Ms. Scott. 
Good morning to the honourable members as well. Um, from the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor, it's Ms. Aisha Johar, Ms. Raya Williams, and myself, Ms. Sarah Governor, present at the meeting this morning. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you very much. Can I check with the Parliamentary Legal Service, uh, Mr. Njigela? Daksha? Uh, good morning, Chair and Honourable Members. Um, from our side, there are no apologies. Mr. Chikela and Ms. Talana Harry, Starkey and myself are present. Okay. Thank you. And I also want to apologize to ground my video, given the circumstances we're operating in uh, in these uh, proceedings. Um, Mr. Matonsi, can I get indication as to how we are going to move from here? So, okay, Chairperson, uh, you, in your opening remarks, you mentioned that the, oh, the content advisor will uh, recap on the issues. So it was not here on the, on the, on the agenda. Thereafter, then it will be followed by the briefing by the IEC on the Schedule 1A with an independent candidate uh, uh, contesting election in one region. Then from there, there will be question of clarity, comments, and responses uh, uh, by members and, and, and the stakeholders. Then um, on the further issues, further deliberations, then here yeah, it means members are going to be deliberating on those outstanding issues that uh, the content advisor will be presenting now. Include, yeah, that, that will be presenting now, Chairperson. That's all, and then the closing remarks. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Matunzi. Uh, Mr. Adam Salmo. Uh, good morning, honorable members and uh, colleagues. Um, I haven't prepared a presentation, but there were three uh, short outstanding matters that uh, the members said they needed to consult on. Uh, the first was a matter of independent candidates contesting in single or multiple regions. Uh, the second was concerning signatures, uh, the percentage of signatures required for a candidate to support their, their candidacy. And third was the, the cooling off period. Um, on the matter of percentages, required, um, there was an appeal that uh, perhaps the 50% was too high and that uh, lower numbers such as uh, 10 or 15% should be considered uh, with one member proposing 20% um, so that it's more viable for independent candidates. And then thirdly, the issue of uh, the cooling off period uh, was something that the IEC said that they could not monitor. So this uh, became a, a, a difficult issue in, in the sense that how would they be able to uh, ensure that this, this uh, requirement was met and also the, whether this would be constitutionally yeah. allowable in terms of restricting the, the uh, ability for uh, anybody to stand as, uh, as a candidate. And the... In the matter of uh, independent candidates running in uh, multiple or single regions, uh, the committee had already debated this before and uh, come to the conclusion that it was uh, that a single, uh, that a member only run in a single uh, constituencies, but the, there was, and that there was no constitutional issue around this. The IEC raised it again, um, just to give the option for multiple regions. So they will respond to, to that uh, if they need to. Uh, but basically, those are the three main outstanding issues. There were some uh, uh, consequential uh, amendments needed in terms of the uh, application process uh, for candidates, but uh, it relates to those three main issues, Chairperson. 
Thank you, uh, Mr. Salmon, for that recap. It's exactly as uh, the meeting concluded in our last meeting, only those three uh, uh, issues. Um, Mr. Matunzi has already informed that you will have difficulties at 10 o'clock with the load shedding, if we, and uh, Honorable Lohase uh, uh, have already also made that indication. Uh, so we may need to at least try to uh, uh, accommodate any other member or stakeholder that will be having challenges in the uh, around that time henceforth. Um, Commissioner Miyabza, uh, can I invite you uh, to delegate uh, to introduce the matter? And I think you'll delegate if you you're going to delegate. Thank you. Uh, certainly, and thank you for the opportunity, Chairperson. Um, without um, uh, you know much ado, I'd like to uh, invite the CEO um, to to deal with the matter. What we um, were requested to deal with um, was was um, an issue relating to OA issues relating to Schedule One Capital A. Um, we have received. We had initially. Um, uh, provided for uh, independent candidates to contest multiple regions. where We have received a request subsequently saying we should limit it to a single region, uh, and that's what Schedule 1, capital A, will now do. There were other consequential amendments um, for which uh, we submitted um, the uh, a proposed uh, draft um, on how we... We, we, we recommend they be dealt with. I'd like to invite the CEO to, to deal with these matters uh, and his team. Uh, thank you so much, Chairperson. CEO, please uh, go ahead for us. Thank you, um, Chairperson, uh, Commissioner Mepta, Chairperson of the committee and members. Without ado, Chair, I'm going to pass the bait and to my colleague, uh, Dr. Shibori, will take us and zero in on just the one element of Schedule 1A, uh, which has changed, which is locking the participation of independents in a single region. And otherwise, um, the schedule is as per um, our previous discussion, just by this one issue. That's Shibori. Uh, thank you, CEO, uh, Morning Chair, and members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, by way of introduction, at the last Portfolio Committee meeting, the Commission had presented a draft Schedule 1, Capital A, premised on the ability of candidates to contest for the National Assembly elections in more than a single region. This is so because the understanding of the Commission was that the entire republic is a constituency for purposes of the National Assembly elections. And therefore, it would be constitutionally impermissible to limit a candidate to a single region. The committee has since directed that we present a drafting which limit independent candidates to a single region. We now do so. The first change, Chair, will be on the top of the slide that I'm, that I'm sharing. In this regard, we indicating here we've amended item 4B to indicate that an independent candidate may only contest in one region. So we have removed 
uh, the ability of independent candidates to uh, to, to stand in more than uh, one region. The next change is on page two. You'll see at the bottom of page two, we have removed what was uh, item five, E capital B. That provided for a mechanism to deal with an independent candidate who had won a seat in more than one region. To the extent that independents are now locked into one region, the possibility of them holding seat in multiple regions does not arise. The third change chair is on page four. Uh, under item seven, which deals with forfeiture provisions. Here we have removed from the draft that we shared in the last meeting, item seven, one capital B, because that item provided uh, for and dealt with a candidate who had won seats in more than one uh, more than one region. We have removed that, and as a result, there is a consequential amendment in item seven two, uh, removing reference to item sub item one capital B. This chair uh, constitute the changes uh, in schedule one A, and now the schedule as it stands facilitates for participation of independent candidates only in one region and, and allows party candidates to be to be nominated to contest multiple regions as well as the uh, as well as the national list uh, of a political party thank you very much Chair. that concludes our input thank you um, mr shibori uh, for the uh, presentation um is there any comment for now from state law advisor or parliamentary legal service on the matter before I invite members? Can I check with the state law advisor? Thank you, Chair. There's no comment from us at this stage. Parliamentary legal service? Uh, good morning, Chairperson and members and colleagues. Uh, at this moment, we, we would like to just point out that from the presentations that you have received from the department and from the IEC over the past couple of weeks, what has become apparent is this, that in as far as the issue of multiple regions or single regions, you have two options before you. One is to limit the ICs, that is the independent candidates, to a single region. The other option is to allow them, as, as Mr. Shiburu was just saying now, the Republic is a constituency for people to contest for the National Assembly. These are the options that are before you. And from the discussions that we have had over the past couple of weeks, and from the council that represented the department in the last meeting, it has become clear that you have two options which are both constitutional. 
between which you have to make a choice as a committee. And we, we repeat what we said right at the beginning of this, that this is a policy choice that the committee has to make. But we would like to just put this rider to you, Chairperson, and for consideration by the members. If you have in front of you two options, which are both constitutional, the question is which one of these two is less restrictive in terms of participation for independent candidates? We would like to put this on the table for the committee to consider as it makes a decision that there may be a more restrictive option and there may be a less restrictive option for the purposes of allowing the independent candidate to participate. Chairperson, you will remember in our first presentation, we made the point that an electoral law should aim to enfranchise, empower, and create space for people to participate in elections, either as candidate, candidates or as voters. And this is the matter that we would like to leave the committee with as it deliberates on the choice that it has to make. There is a more restrictive option, there is a less restrictive option, and that has to be a consideration that you make as you make a decision going forward. And I think, Chairperson, I will leave it at that, and this is just the principle that we are stating based on the case that we quoted of the EFF that the idea should be to create space and to empower and to enfranchise rather than be a Chairperson, I will leave it at that, and that's the only comment we will make at this moment. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, um, Mr. Njikela. Um, Advocate Dibier, is there any matter you want to raise? DG? I'm sure DM, um, DM? Okay, that's fine. Mr. Matunzi? Yes, Chairperson? No, no, I wanted to check if I'm still I'm struggling with the network also. Let me invite members to uh, comment on the, on the issues and informed by the three key issues that uh, were outstanding. Um, and I think we're working within the premise uh, uh, that both in in line with what uh, Mr. Njikela has, or the IC has presented last week and today, um, uh, within the uh, constitutional uh, parameter. So we'll work within that uh, uh, guidance, cautioned on the legal uh, uh, submission that has just been uh, uh, presented by uh, uh, Mr. Njikela. I'm going to invite uh, Honorable uh, uh, Pile, Honorable uh, uh, Lekhwase, Honorable Ross, Honorable uh, uh, 
coche van a armerbe, honorable Mulegua, honorable Tito, honorable Ramlobing, and honorable Mutise. You will assist me, Mr. Matonzi. I'm working on the base that members are serving in the committee. I'm unable to also to see the attendance on the on the on the other gadget I'm using. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Good morning to members and all stakeholders. Chair, um, I want to start my my comments or submission um, arising from the court judgment um, and and how and why we are here. And I want to refer to directly from the court judgment. There is a part that speaks to section 19 um, of the constitution that says that every citizen is free to make political choices which includes the right to form a political party to participate in the activities of or recruit members for a political party and to campaign for a political party or cause it also says that every citizen has the right to free fair and regular elections for any legislative body established in terms of the constitution and three Every adult citizen has the right to vote in elections for any legislative body established in terms of the Constitution and to do so in secret and to stand for public office and if elected to hold office. And then it goes on to say that you also have the right as an individual to not associate yourself. And this is the pre um, prior to, to that section. There's, there's another part in that judgment that talks about you're wanting to not have any association or, or align yourself to any political party. And Chair, then draw the committee's um, attention to the basis of having to amend the Electoral Act uh, to allow for a South African citizen, adult citizen, to be able to participate uh, in a general election um, and to be able to do this as an individual. Now, if one is contesting the space as an individual, it means one. Again, I'm going to stress and emphasize, as I have over the last few months, that this is one person. And if you look at all the presentations that we've received thus far, Chairperson, it speaks to an independent contesting two spaces. One is the legislature, which is a province, and then the national legislature, which is the NA. And, and for better reference, I'm going to refer to it as the National Assembly. Now, the question one draws is, if an independent is contesting the National Assembly as well as the provincial legislature, which seat does that independent occupy, bearing in mind that this is only one person and if you had to acquire enough votes in terms of meeting a threshold for an allocation of a seat, where would that independent then occupy a seat? In a provincial legislature or a national assembly? And I think it's an important question that one needs to draw attention to, bearing in mind that the independent cannot occupy two seats. The difference with that is that political parties have a list of candidates. And 
they would then allocate accordingly in terms of the number of seats that they acquire when it comes to then placing members within the, the respective legislature. But I want to break it down to something further, and this is where we can then be able to reach um, a decision. We have requested that we get submissions in terms of the constitutionality of both options. And we have been presented by the law, state law advisor that says both options are actually constitutionally permissible. And that means that whether we choose the first of a single or the second of a multiple, we are still within a, a, a permissible uh, constitutional requirement. Now, if one had to look at um, the three ballots that was proposed, we have the single, the first ballot, which would be, uh, for better reference, province to province, that's a legislature. Then you have a second ballot, which is the province to national. And then you have the third ballot, which is the national to national. And, and, and I may be corrected if, if I'm wrong or my interpretation is incorrect. That on the national to national, there are no independents because these are compensatory seats and will only uh, and is only reserved for political parties. Whereas in the province to national, uh, the presentation by the IEC was saying that perhaps ICs should be allowed to contest in more than one region because the um, republic is a constitu uh, constituency and it's one. But the argument I want to make, uh, Chairperson, is that if you are contesting the republic, um, and and it's a, the constituency is one. You are still coming from a particular region, and even if you had to contest multiple regions, chairperson, the votes are not aggregated. We've agreed as a committee already, and even the IEC in their presentation have submitted the votes are not aggregated. So how much of a difference is it making? if one is contesting in one region or a multiple region, when votes are not aggregated, it means that you are going to then receive the highest number of votes in a particular region, and that's where you may want to occupy. And in terms of the province to province, I think it's already been stipulated clearly that you have to be a registered voter within that province. Now, I think it draws us to, and, and I'm coming to a close on this point, of whether we agree on the second ballot, which is a province to national, that independents can then be allowed to contest in more than one region because they are registered within the Republic as a voter. But the question I'm asking again, and perhaps we need to get clarity, is that they are going to occupy only one seat. And have we even delved into whether they are going to contest both the province and the national? And if they are, what is the, the repercussions of where they occupy a seat? Because I think that is something that we have not been able to answer. So Chairperson, my, 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 my submission to the, to the committee is that we have agreed on a single region, which personally uh, is still constitutional. It's less complicated. But again, there may not may be no, no harm in the second ballot of a province to national, bearing in mind that votes are not aggregated and that you will only occupy a seat when it comes to the highest number of votes 
acquired in a particular region. And then, Chair, I'm not sure whether we are going into percentage of signatures and cooling off period. Can I just beg your indulgence on that? I wanted us to exhaust the first this point on our play so that we were clearer. Um, and perhaps the IEC may need to come back on the critical question uh, you, sure. you, have, you, have, you, have, you have now raised. And if there are other questions that members need to raise, uh, they can do that so that we we close up and we go to the to the to this uh, 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 second and the last one. Then we sure, chair. Well, well, I'm sure yes. I, I've said a mouthful. I'm going to leave it at that, and perhaps other members will deliver it. Thank you. No, thank you, Honourable Lokasa. Thank you, Chairperson. I would not want to waste time, but say I share the same sentiments as Honorable Pillay. And maybe one will make a follow-up after the question he has just asked has been answered. And also would like Mr. Njigela to maybe uh, uh, deliberate more on the restrictions that he spoke of. The, the, the other option being less, less restricted, whereas the other one is more restricted. Maybe one will make a follow-up when such has been answered and maybe more clarity has been given in terms of the restrictions he spoke of. Thank you, Chair. Okay, the, that's another question, Mr. Njigela. We'll come back uh, uh, to you. Um, uh, Honorable uh, Co-Chair. It's Honorable Ruas first. Oh, sorry, yes, yes, yes. Honorable Ruas, yes. I didn't write my notes yet because of the... Oh, thank you, Chair. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right, thank you, Chair, and uh, also to the presenters uh, for their input. Um, once again, Chair, we have received uh, this document the evening before a meeting, um, and it was a by-election day. We were quite busy yesterday, um, but after celebrating the DA's emphatic victories in Chwani and Modimoli last night, um, I did manage to go through the document. Um, so, you know, we looked at an alternative, Chair, and uh, having been given the impression by the IEC that it could be unconstitutional. This is why we went down that road. Um, and it was then indicated, um, you know, that, that, that it was not at some point in the deliberations. And this is where we as a committee specifically asked, can we get a declaration of constitutionality on specific issues, including this one of uh, multiple regions versus single regions? And we... We did receive that. We had a meeting about that. We received it from the state and the parliamentary law advisor that said it's permissible. Um, and we would actually argue, Chair, that it is, it is not less restrictive um, because I, as a region, for example, um, I, I was on a Gauteng to National Assembly list. And I, I could only be on the Gauteng to National Assembly list. I, I couldn't be on the Western Cape one as well and on the Free State one as well. Um, so I don't understand the argument about um, unfairness or, or whether there's a, you know, it's detrimental because to me, it's the same thing. I, as a candidate, I stand, I choose to stand and associate with a political party. I'm restricted to standing in counting where I'm registered to vote. Um, so I really don't see the, the issue at all. The only reason we went down that other road is because it was suggested that it was unconstitutional. Um, so that is our point of view, Chair, but, but also um, just in terms of a technical input on Section 1A, I just have a question for the IEC um, in terms of Item 4. 
where it says that a candidate um, A may be nominated for one or more regions and the national list of a party, and B may be nominated as an independent candidate in only one region. So I'd just like to understand that point A. I don't understand why um, A says it, it, it seems to suggest that persons in a party can be nominated for one or more regions and on the national list. Um, because my understanding of what we're saying is that as it is now, a, a party candidate can also um, only stand in one region. So I'd just like to get clarity on that. And then I think a very important point, Chairperson, if you, if you go to the last section of that uh, document, uh, is the issue of the, the filling of the independent vacancy. And a, a big challenge that we have here that I've also raised before is um, it is suggested that we use the process as per Section 7, um, which essentially says that if an independent were to resign uh, or, or, or pass on, then their seat would be filled by a recalculation. Um, and the challenge that has been raised before, um, both in the public forum and on the, in this committee, is that that can result in a situation where you're filling one vacancy, you do a recalculation, and a party or person that is already in the National Assembly then loses their seat in the calculation, um, along with the independent. And then you could have two other parties or an individual and another party that then each gets a seat. And it creates a challenge. And, and what we agreed as a committee is that when it comes to filling of the independent vacancies, we take the original result as calculated, and then we look at either if it's um, if we're at the stage where we're doing highest remainders, the first five, that we then choose the next person that was on there that wasn't elected. Otherwise, we go to the the highest averages and we just choose the next person from that original um, calculation, and 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 they go in. So this was our understanding all along, and and that avoids this anomaly. Um, which is definitely possible. Um, I've, I've seen the, the calculations of how it can work uh, simulated. Um, so, so this is problematic, that section. And that, uh, my proposal to the committee is that we just go with our original call on this, which was to say, if an independent resigns, et cetera, then you just take the next person on the final calculation of that election. The next person that would have come in comes in. Uh, that's all the input from me, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Honourable Ross. And I think they'll come back on the, your uh, your question. The Honourable Lizen. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and greetings to our colleagues, the IEC, and our legal advisors. Um, I wanted to start with what the Honourable Ruiz just raised in terms of the filling of vacancies. And I want to support him in his proposal because I had the same, same concerns. And I think we need to uh, support his proposal that we go back to the original decision and that we take uh, the next person um, as he's just articulated. But that being said, Chairperson, I... I wanted to say, I think the arguments being made for and against multiple regions or a single region, um, I think there are merit, of course, in, in both arguments. However, Chairperson, I wanted to say that 
One of our biggest concerns is that we want to protect this process against possible litigation, because if possible litigation happens, it will really put the 2024 elections at great risk. And so when the IEC tells us and the parliamentary legal advisor tells us that the option that we are taking as a committee or considering as a committee is restrictive in nature and that maybe we should err on the side of caution and take the option that is less restrictive, I really think as a committee we should take it very seriously. Um, and so as much as I understand the arguments being advanced for both options, I, I do think that we should really, as a committee, our job is not to be less inclusive or less restrictive, but to make sure that we allow candidates to compete, independent candidates to compete fairly. And when you look at two, the two options, in my view, the one is more restrictive and the other one less restrictive. And I'm going to leave it at that because I, I, Honorable Pillay did ask questions that was, must be answered. Um, and maybe we will come back to this point once we've heard from the Parliamentary Legal Advisor and the IEC. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Co-Chair. Honorable Tito. Mr. Matonzi. Yes, Chairperson, she's on the platform. I'm not sure if she's having a problem, but she's on okay. the platform. Okay, Honorable Molekwa. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, I don't want to repeat what has already been said, Chairperson. Uh, I support or agree uh, with uh, Honorable Pile and Honorable Lohase. I think uh, they covered me. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Ramulabe. Uh, Thanks, Chair. Um, good morning to colleagues and everyone on the platform. Chair, I would share the same sentiments as Honorable Pile. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. I think in light of the presentation that has been given, um, uh, that both uh, options are constitutionally permissible. I think as a committee, because we are in pursuit of, of wanting this process to be fairly and not to be restrictive to the independent, I would really uh, support the view that we must take an option that would really seem to be fairly to avoid litigations or, or, or the parties that actually took this process to the courts to go back there. I want also to align myself with the fact that, uh, as it has been indicated, that uh, contesting at the national level as, a, as one constitu constituency will also um, advisable. Uh, maybe as a committee, let's uh, continue with that view and, and consider allowing uh, independence to, to contest in all regions, but stick or emphasize on, on the decision we took the previous time that the votes that would have been garnered will not be aggregated. So an independent will only have an option to take um, the, the votes where he would have received the highest votes or in the particular region. I think my, I want to align my, my views in that particular manner, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Molekwa. Thank you, Honorable Pile. Thank you, Honorable Lohase. Thank you, Honorable Pile. Thank you, Honorable Lohase. Thank you,
Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, let me again check Honorable Tito if she's want to contribute. Okay. I'm going to invite, the, I'll start with the IEC on the key issues that were raised uh, uh, by members. In, um, um, I think initiated the input by Honorable Ross and Honorable uh, Pillay. Um, secondly, I think we've dealt with the matter in relation to the replacement um, of a, a member, I mean, a candidate, or at that time will be a member uh, in our last uh, a, a, a committee meeting, and that stand as our understanding. Then I will invite uh, uh, Mr. Njikela uh, on the matters that they've raised that for cautioning the committee so that we're able to and I think there's a, a sense of where members want to take a dis decision on these two uh, uh, policy options. So I'll invite the IEC to clarify the matters that are there, are raised, and Mr. Njikela, a particular advisor to come in, I'll also bounce uh, with them. Then we'll uh, get members to uh, raise uh, the issues. And I think already the uh, Honorable Mutise has laid a principle on a decision option that we need to, cook, to, to consider as the, as the committee. Commissioner Mieta, on your, your delegate, thank you. Th thank you, Chair. I, I, I think um, um, the, the issues that, are, that have been raised by Honorable Pillay um, have somewhat uh, been uh, reflected on by other members. I will call on the team to respond. But I, I need to say this. Um, Honorable Modisa Mbia has, has in fact um, properly covered the issue. When we raised the issue of an independent contesting in more than one region, there were clear conditions we had laid down. One was that if they win more than one region, they can only take a seat in the region where they have the most votes. In other words, where they, 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 had, they had the most support and they will therefore forfeit those areas where um, they did not get uh, the most votes, even if they had, they had won. It is evident that an independent, in terms of the definition um, uh, of the bill, is a person. It's not more than one person. It's an, it's an individual. And, and that is what we had taken into account. There, there are a number of other issues that have been raised. Uh, I'm going to invite um, the CEO um, to deal with them. I am glad, um, as I understand, Chairperson, you do not want us to go back to the recalculation issue uh, that was raised by um, Honorable Ross and Honorable Van Merve, if I properly understand you. 
Thank you, uh, Chair of the session and, uh, and, and Commissioner Mayor. Look, um, let's start with that very issue that Commissioner Mayor is stepping off of the, the um, replacement. Our proposition to the committee is that we use a forfeiture calculation in the event of an independent vacating a seat for the following reasons. It is the more pure way of doing it and it brings all contestants in that region into contention for that seat. It is based on the original votes that every contestant received in that election. The divider in the formula is going to be small because you're removing the seats already held, the seats and votes already held by the independents. So it's a much fairer way of doing it by bringing everybody, every contestant back into contention. And be mindful that it is you, if you had a seat originally awarded at election time, you can't lose that seat even when a recalculation is done. You won't lose the seat. All this calculation says is that you are now in contention for an additional seat that has become available. So, so in a sense, is 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 being both independents that don't have a seat as well as well as all political parties will be in contention for that um, um, additional additional uh, a vacant a vacant seat. And I, I just want to emphasize that on that formula, you can't have a seat at election time, and then after this calculation, uh, the replacement calculation, you, um, you, you, you suddenly lost a seat that you already hold. That is not so. You, you, you can only but get a, an you are in contention for, for, an, uh, for an additional um, additional uh, additional seat. Um, well, that's our proposal. We think is the uh, more pure way and more fairer way of of dealing with um, um, with the uh, with the replacement. Um, but if the committee just simply wants us to go to the results as they stood um, and the calculation as it stood after the election and simply go to the to the next one we, that can be done they what we're proposing will achieve the same effect um uh, because a party that was um, in uh, next in contention even on that calculation it will come it will be the first party to gain in any in any event um, I think we've, we've argued our point that uh, it's best to do a recalculation. It's more pure 
and so on. But if the committee says di- differently, then um, a decision can be made and will adjust accordingly. Um, then there's an issue uh, that um, uh, Honorable Rose um, identified um, around independent uh, party candidates being able to contest multiple regions. I think that has to be corrected in line with um, um, section 20, uh, in the bill, section 27C, capital A, the, the schedule has to be aligned with, the, with that principle. That if you're launching independence in one region, and so must be party candidates logged in the same region, in, 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 logged in the one region. So, and uh, that uh, um, provision 27C, uh, capital A of the bill, um, provides that, and the uh, schedule must then also be brought into alignment with that. I think um, that, that's a fair point. Um, now, the issue that uh, Honorable Pile uh, brings on the table relating to whether candidates, and I mean party candidates or, or independent candidates con- can contest a province and a region. It's a matter that, in my recollection, has not been directly placed uh, before before this meeting um, um, in in the in the past. Um, if it it has, I I I I, I missed that. Um, and it's a matter that we we can go look at and and bring a proposal if that's what the uh, the committee would wish um, us to do. But the options there. Um, would be allowing that and then giving people um, an option to uh, to choose if they elected um, either in a province or or not or uh, locking people the the constitutionality of that would have to be considered quite carefully once again uh, before um, any proposition is brought uh, um, um, uh, to the committee. But certainly, it's a matter that um, we uh, has not been squarely brought before before us for consideration up to so far. Uh, thank you, um, I'm sure I've dealt with the, the, the issues that we needed to respond to. Yeah, just on the that point, Honorable uh, Mamabolu. Sorry, Mr. Mamabolu. That's very um, prophetic. It's 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 it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 I think uh, let me give it to you that it, now the point that Honorable Pile raised uh, and I'm getting a sense that uh, uh, perhaps the the collective of Commissioner may also uh, align to your thoughts. Um, 
because the intention was to take close this matter today in this meeting. And I'm trying to sort guidance if we ought to allow you to make a, a refresh on that matter, whether it may limit us to um, affirm on one of the options that already are under a, a discussion. And I think also members may need to uh, to guide because it's a critical matter uh, that we need to uh, satisfy ourselves and also the uh, the legal team. But I'm I'm worried about the time uh, so that we need to conclude on the on 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 this matter. Um, we we can in principle all resolve uh, on this matter because we still have um, sessions uh, on the other house that may uh, look this matter differently if we 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 will not allow to have more time i'm trying to persuade members uh, given what honor uh, mutise uh, has already uh, raised now that the uh, um, the ic on the matter that the uh, replace raised were not uh, adequately sought legal uh, advice on that and if we to allow in the manner that uh, uh, Mr. Mabolis Rezi may uh, extend our time, and I don't think that we have that uh, time. What I'm convinced is that we have adequately deliberated on the matters, and I think these are the technical issues that uh, are arising. Members will, will, will think, and as they deliberate, may uh, 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 deal with, with that uh, matter. I'm going to invite, uh, I, will, I will come back to you, um, Commissioner Mpeta or Mr. Mamobolo, on the same matter before I invite members. Can I invite Mr. Njigela? Um, thank you, Chairperson. Um, Chairperson, I, I, I don't think I can put this higher than I have already done. In my last intervention, we made a point that given the two options that are facing you, it will appear to us that you have to consider both options and make a decision on that. And one issue we have already put before you was the issue of a less restrictive measure. But again, Chairperson, if you read the judgment, the judgment in the New Nation Movement uh, uh, matter, it's very clear that the choice of an electoral system is a matter that falls squarely within the discretion of parliament. And this is where you find yourself exactly now, Chairperson. So, the point we were making was that you are confronted with two options. One may be considered to be restrictive and the other one to be less restrictive. That is the point we wanted to make. And I, we, I want to affirm again, Chairperson, that 
a choice of an electoral system in terms of the judgment is a matter that is entirely within your discretion, subject, of course, to rationality. And rationality demands a simple thing from us, that when we make a choice, the choice must be linked to a legitimate government purpose. As long as we can be able to pass that threshold, we are in the clear. But I think the point we were trying to make, Chairperson, was that we need to come up with a system that will create the space for fairness, for equity, and for the public to perceive what we are doing as being open and creating space for all the parties to compete. When I say parties, I don't mean political parties. Whether it's independent candidates or political parties, to be seen to be competing fairly in the system. So I think that I, I can't take it any higher than that, Chairperson. We defer to the committee's discretion on this matter, but we just needed to make those principles clear to the committee for consideration. Okay. Chairperson, there was a talk about, I don't know if I can go to the issue of the cooling off period. Or, or you want to finish this point first? Yes, yes, yes. I think we we, we just want to uh, finish this one, then we'll get into okay. the second one and the last one. That will All right. us. Okay. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes. Uh, I see. Let me come back to you on the matter raised so that I invite members to make further comments. Uh, Chairperson, if 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 we have to to look at um, Honourable Pillay's question, um, we we will do so um, uh, as soon as possible. Um, of course, this is is not a matter that had arisen before. Uh, it has now arisen, and uh, we will look at it, and we will give you our considered um, uh, advice, um, and we will do so uh, possibly uh, on or before the next session. Thank you, Chair. Members, these are the responses uh, or comments, let me say that, uh, that are contributing to uh, enhance our process uh, to take a decision. I think you are raising them so that we are able to um, affirm options that we are, the committee may need to, uh, to consider. Um, and I'm, I'm getting a, a view uh, for from members that suggest that uh, we ought to create um, a platform that is uh, less restrictive for candidates to uh, to participate. Can I get uh, invite members again so that we get to facilitate uh, the finalization of on this uh, matter? Um, I'll, in that in that sequence, um, honourable Pile. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chair, I'm, I'm very keen to to listen to the IEC's uh, submission um, on my earlier question, particularly because I think it it is able to to give us direction. But, Chair, I want to emphasise that you can't leave um, that squarely to a um, preference where one will then decide whether you, you take up a seat in, in the province or, 
or the National Assembly. And, and for many reasons, because, you know, it means having to print on two ballots. Uh, it means uh, wasted votes in any one of the ballots. And I think, uh, it, and I maybe st- I stand to be corrected, I think the bill in its current form was actually saying that you choose to either contest, either uh, win the, in the province or region or National Assembly. I, I, I might have to be, just have to look, I was trying to find the original bill just to look at it. Because I think that it was it was in the bill that said you have you, you need to choose where you contest, and if it is the case, then perhaps we may may want to leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Khwase. Honorable Muros. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, you know, we, we had a, quite an extensive public participation process. Um, and I think it's important, you know, we, we zoom in on these things and we get more in detail and it gets technical. Um, but it's important not to forget first principles as well, and what came out of the public participation. And certainly, you know, there was this call for direct accountability. And this led us as a committee in the beginning to lean towards saying that you need to you need to be, you need to choose your region. Honorable Ross, you got cut. Honorable yeah. Ross. Mr. Matonzi. Lizelle, I'm still on the platform, or on the rust. Sure, we can hear you. I, I think he's having yeah. a problem. I think he's, okay. yeah. No, um, thank you very much, Chairperson. I, I'm not going to repeat what I said earlier, but I'm very glad that in your summary, you have made the point. Uh, and I think, uh, oh, sorry. Should I continue? Honorable Ross, I'll bring you back again because you got cut. Uh, okay. let's allow, let's, yeah, let's allow Honorable Lizelle to proceed so that we don't... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Chairperson, I, I, you know, as much as I heard your concerns about time, I think we, I would support uh, that the IEC goes back and present something to us on the question that Honorable Pirulay had, had raised, and I would like to also support the proposal that Honorable Modise had made. But I'm comfortable that you had indicated in your remarks just now that there's a consensus that we would like to be more inclusive, more and not more restrictive. And I think the question before us is, when the pub, will the public, when we look at these two options, as the parliamentary legal advisor had advised us, will the public perceive what we, the option that we are choosing to be more restrictive or less restrictive? Because at the end of the day, the process before us, both options, yes, are constitutional. But are we creating a fair environment, an inclusive environment where all can compete fairly? And that is where we need to, like I said, err on the side of caution. And, and 
I want to stick with that. And, and I'm happy that you are saying that we'll go back and, and look at it, some of the, the, the options. Um, and I'm glad that Honorable Modisa had also mentioned that. So I'm not going to repeat what I said earlier. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, Honorable uh, Mulekwa. Okay, Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair. Sorry about that. Um, no, no problem. So, Chairperson, yeah, I think I'll just go back to the start again. And, you know, Chair, we had an extensive public participation process. Um, and, you know, one of the first principles that we looked at was this, this issue that came up again and again of direct accountability and, and the public asking for direct accountability. And I think we have a danger, you know, we keep talking about avoiding litigation. And I've also mentioned it before from a constitutional point of view. But I think we, we've also got to be careful that we don't say, well, if somebody is going to threaten to sue you, then that makes that input or that view more important than all the other public input from people that cannot litigate. So we have a public participation process and, and everybody's inputs there should be uh, equally considered. So, so Chairperson, you know, I think we've been presented with a false choice to say that our choice is whether to have a restrictive system or a not restrictive system. The choice chairperson in and what the constitutional court has said is that you should have the right to associate or not to associate. So if I choose to associate, I associate with the DA and their principles and their values. And so I as a candidate stand there. I can only stand in Gauteng. So as an independent, I choose not to associate. Why should I be able to stand everywhere? What is the difference? Because at the end of the day, I go out into my community in Gauteng and I represent their interests in parliament. That is why I am from Gauteng to the National Assembly. And so this thing of restrictive versus non-restrictive, it's, it's, it's allowing the independence to stand on exactly the same terms as a, as a party candidate. Um, so Chairperson, I, I hear what is being said and we, and we can receive more inputs on it. Uh, but I think we just, you know, we shouldn't say just because somebody wants to litigate and 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 uh, and so forth, we 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 shouldn't have a situation either where you where you now have one candidate that has different. So so now you say, well, the independent should be able to stand anywhere, the party candidate should be able to only stand in their province. But again, going back to countless inputs on public participation in terms of direct accountability and wanting your candidates to be in your area and be accessible to you. Uh, and Chairperson, I don't see how we as candidates from our province can do that in all the provinces. Then um, Chairperson, in terms of the, the independent filling um, of, of that vacancy, uh, you know, Chairperson, I think we, we can, there's a saying that you can choose your opinions, but you can't choose your facts. Um, and Chairperson, I can guarantee you, it is an absolute fact that um, it is not the case, as the IEC seems to be suggesting, that when you do the recalculation, only one person will come in. And the reason is that when you lower the threshold, then parties, let's say above the party that, that would have got a higher remainder, might now get more seats. Therefore, the, the lower party then suddenly has a lesser remainder. So they absolutely can lose that seat. 
And it's going to create a problem for us, Chairperson, because I, I can absolutely assure you, and Chairperson, you have a, a written representation on this fact. And I think we, we as a committee need to hear that representation. We need to understand because it's complicated, it's mathematical, it's technical. And I've been asking for that for a long time now to say we, we need to see that and understand it. It's, it's very difficult. It's complex. It's difficult to explain. Um, but Chairperson, I, I'm telling this committee now that that system that is presented there, um, it can absolutely result in having multiple persons that, or, or incumbents that lose their seat that would have gained it. And then we have a problem in our law because there's nothing to deal with that situation. And Chairperson, we, we as a committee, we absolutely did agree and discuss that that vacancy would just be filled by the next person in the calculation. Um, I, I don't remember where and in what committee meeting we made a resolution that independent candidates would be filled with a recalculation. So I'd, I'd appreciate it if we could um, you know, be advised in which committee meeting, at what time, when did that happen? Because I don't remember it. I, I remember us agreeing to this. Um, and it's a much simpler solution, and it, it will guarantee that you only have one uh, candidate or person coming in. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. I think one of the uh, techniques um, we need to at least attempt to master is to all our decisions, and as you move to a next committee meeting, we are able to uh, 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 have been grounded uh, because I do understand that uh, each and every committee we we may need or an individual or a stakeholder attempt to introduce new matters and that takes the committee to discuss issues that we've already exhausted and dealt with. And I'm raising this point because we closed our meeting last week on the point that we've requested the content advisor to raise and all of us have consulted on. And that was our subject focus for this committee meeting. And I'm not uh, trying to rebut what Honorable, Ray, Honorable Ross is raising. We'll, we'll recapture those notes, Honorable Ross, which all of us, including yourselves, we have participated and a decision was carried. Um, and that is the point that I want to draw attention to members of the of the committee. We'll do that in a, in a separate form, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Matonzi, so that we, we, we gather the the, the deliberations and the notes of the decision yeah. we we take it. Yeah, Tom, I, I have to respond. Sorry, Mr. Major. Sorry, I'm. Yeah. So I just wanted to to fill that uh, um, matter uh, so that at least we we attempt to to be focused on the issues that are at hand of the committee. And I think absolutely will do, I think the team that uh, will do a refresh, but that doesn't suggest that we'll go back to those issues uh, to, 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 to deal with. 
Can I invite Honorable Mulekwa? Chairperson. Is Honorable Mulekwa? No, uh, Chair, it's, uh, it's Simon Mabolo. Uh, I'm not sure, Mr. Mabolo, you want to be part no, of the sequence? I, of there's, an, there's an issue here that I think uh, it's, it's quite weighty um, that requires clarification. Because, because the, the input by uh, Honorable Rose suggests that the IEC has gone on its volition to implement that which the committee had not agreed. Now, that's a fundamental irregular, irregularity. Okay, can, I, can you hold it there, Honorable? Sorry, Mr. Mama will just hold it there. Uh, because I thought I will, I'm on the line of members to input. Then I will invite you once we, uh, Honorable Mutisa has finished to make her input so that we then formulate a decision on the matter. Then we invite IEC if the matters they want to raise. Uh, is that guidance will be sufficient to the commissioner, to the commission? On behalf of the commission, I, I, I accept and I, I ask, uh, uh, I'll ask the CEO that we deal with the matter uh, when, when you give us an opportunity. Thank you. Um, Honorable Ramulo Ben and Honorable Mudise, then we will invite IC. Thanks, Chair. I have no comment. Honorable Mudise? Thank you very much, Chair. I think my the views that I've made uh, earlier on have not changed, Chair. And I actually have nothing more to add. Thank you very much. Thank you, members, for the uh, submissions you have made. Mr. Mamabolo, yeah, now is your time to can make your intervention. Uh, chair? Thanks for I, oh, sorry. I actually had my hand up. Okay, the DM, then I'll invite the IEC. DM? No, no, thanks, Chair. There are just uh, two issues that I think we must uh, probably bring, bring to clarity to the, to the committee, particularly on the issues that uh, uh, Honorable Ross was, was raising as well as uh, Honorable Play. The first one is that the seats that are currently termed as province to national, they are actually constituency seats for a specific province. And they are determined also uh, according to a number of factors that are prevailing in that particular province. For instance, if KZN has an allocation of 20 seats out of the 200 on the basis of the voters registered in the, in the, for, on the basis of a number of dynamics, those seats they are for specific people coming from the province of KwaZulu-Natal, which means a person who must occupy that particular seat becomes a representative of the constituents of KwaZulu-Natal. So it, it, it becomes a bit tricky, Chair, when you are going to say you must have a person who is 
deciding that they are going to represent interests of the people of Hauteng, represent interests of the people of KwaZulu-Natal and Eastern Cape, and then they then decide which seat to take. I think we must look into that particular issue because those seats, they are for a specific constituents. Now, the other issue that I do not think we, we, we that I think we must consider, that the committee must consider, is the fact that you, 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 you cannot treat differently people who decide not to associate with political parties and become independents, vis-a-vis people who say, I want to associate with a political party and they contest on a party list through a political party. You can't say because you want to give certain rights to individuals, therefore you must restrict uh, the ones who who have taken a choice to contest uh, out of association of political parties. For instance, as Honorable Ross was saying, a person who's contesting in the list of a political party from a specific poor province to national does not appear in the list of a person who's contesting in another province, which means you have only one option to contest as an individual who associates with a political party. You must choose which constituency you are from and represent that particular uh, constituent. Because what you do now is that you might be uh, disadvantaging others whilst you are putting others in a bit more of an advantage. So I'm saying this is not restrictive. Actually, Everyone is on equal platform when you say one constituency per person. Because already with the political parties, individuals who are contesting there, they represent that particular specific constituent. A person who is an an individual will now have advantage over a person who chooses to associate with a political party. So I'm just citing those uh, issues, Chair, so that you can also be uh, considered when the committee makes a decision. Thank you. Thank you, uh, DM. Uh, Mr. Mamabolo, now you can come in. Chairperson, I, I, I was going to, to come in um, on the same matter uh, that, that was raised by Honorable Ross, um, and which, the one which um, uh, the CEO was trying to, to address. Um, and I must place it on record that um, um, it is it is regrettable that an allegation um, of the magnitude that Honorable Ross makes um, is made um, against us. We have never, and and we place it on record, we have never come to this committee on a policy issue. We have been requested by this committee and have done so on technical advice. There is nothing that this committee has requested from the IEC that we have not done. We were requested to come with scenarios and calculations on group, on um, um, the, the, the other method, I just forgot it now. And we did so. And in fact, we raised the issue that in the original bill, there was no provision for vacancies to be filled. And this committee said there must be a way found. And that's really how we came to the party. To suggest today that we are choosing facts 
we refute and we want to place on record. We find it unfortunate, Chairperson, but it is important we point that out. I thank you very much. I'm not sure the views are collective, Mr. Mavolo. Okay, I, I, I have no further uh, submission other than to say um, the very first um, present, presentation we made uh, following the committees um, following the committee's public um, participation process, um, proposed um, uh, that in that pre presentation we dealt with um, filling of vacancies and the proposition uh, made at that point in the committee was to do a, 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 a recalculation. Um, and that's the basis that um, the proposition was made uh, before the, uh, uh, the committee. And uh, I just want to stop there. Thanks. Uh, th thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, um, the, the one, when I was stopping, Honorable, uh, sorry, Mr. Mamavolo, um, on his intervention, I have knew that the views which have, have been expressed by Honorable Ruos are not the views are carried by our decisions in the process of discussions. And that represents the collective view of the committee. On some of the part of the allegations that were, or as the, the commission have noted as allegations raised towards the, the, the allegation. In fact, Miss representing what the IEC has have interacted with the committee for a period of this deliberation period. And I want to state there that uh, we are not carrying uh, uh, that view which has brought discomfort to, uh, to the IEC and any other stakeholder, including the legal service uh, uh, and the Home Affairs legal team and the state law advisors. And I think we must we have always appreciated the work that the stakeholders have assisted the committee to deliberate and arrive at the particular decisions. And I think we must state clearly that those are not the views that the committee carries and the views attributed by ourselves to the to the IEC. And I think noting what the IEC uh, raised as discomfort on the issues that were raised. I'll uh, uh, invite members just to make comments on that, and then we close on this uh, on on this matter. So that the the impression the impression that goes outside that the committee has raised this 
unfortunate statements towards the IC. We don't care it. And that will be a point of clarification, please. Uh, I've said I will invite members, Honorable Ross. I just need um, to clarify before we continue, Chair, because I've been misunderstood. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm not going to allow that. I'm, I've said I'll invite members, and it includes yourselves, Honorable Ross. I'm stating the, the views that must be carried out on behalf of the committee. That what but you have raised. Input on the incorrect assumptions, Chairperson. Yes, you'll be invited. I'm said I'll invite members. I've never interrupted any member or stakeholder when they were on the platform. And this matter, because it's been raised by the stakeholders, members must have an input on that. And I don't, I don't think that is the carried spirit the committee has to interface with each other and the stakeholders. We'll give members to interface on the matter and we'll take the decision on the matter that we've been deliberating. If there's any clarity or anything that members want to raise towards this subject, because it's important matter that the IEC is raising towards members of the committee, including and yourself, Honorable Ross. I'm going to start with the uh, uh, Honorable Pillay in that sequence, and then will anyone who want to raise clarity on the matter will raise it in the sequence of the discussions. Honorable Pillay? Chen, I agree with your summation that uh, that is not the view uh, that we hold, and I think it's important um, that we maintain that. Thank you. Honorable Khosa? Honorable Lizen? No, no, Chairperson, I've got difficulties now in, in terms of this process because the Honorable Ruiz says he was misunderstood. So uh, I don't think I'm going to comment, um, but safe to say, I think we have valued uh, the guidance that the IEC has given us through this process. Um, and, and we do value their inputs, but I don't, yeah, I don't want to go further than that because I think Honorable Ruiz should have been given an opportunity to speak this first. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, really and truly, um, we absolutely appreciate the input of the IEC and, uh, and Mr. Moepia is, is correct in terms of the fact that they've always come with exactly what they've been asked to do. Um, Chairperson, when I stated that we can choose our opinions but not our facts, it was related to the next statement that I made in saying that the system proposed in Section 1A of the filling of the vacancy, um, it definitely can result in an existing party losing their seat and more than one person being allocated a seat and that that would be a problem and it's a fact. So that statement was purely about that element of it and, and not about the rest chairperson. Honorable Ramulobe. Honorable Mulekwa. Thanks, Chair, for your guidance. And um, I share the same sentiments as well that uh, the statement that was raised earlier by a member there, it's not that of the committee. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, uh, members. I think we've understood each other uh, on how this matter has been uh, resolved. I wanted us to pay more attention to that because it may raise uh, uh, or it already had made misinterpretation of some issues that uh, were, were raised and may suggest that the stakeholder were not... Uh, uh, and thanks, Honor uh, for 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 coming in on that matter. There's a matter which we have on this matter of the participation on, on the issues that we're raising or multi-participation and the, uh, the presentation that was made by the um, uh, uh, Mr. Shibori. Um, and there was a, um, a strong view that uh, the matter that was raised by Honorable Pillay Committee or the IEC may need to uh, come back and deal with that in our uh, our uh, next uh, meeting, which will be uh, on, on, on Tuesday. And I think that is understood because the IC could not have expressed its views or opinion on the matter so that we're able to firm up the, the decisions that uh, were taken. We're not, uh, uh, and I think also the issues that we, we, we raised, I'm happy the DM uh, uh, in the manner that uh, uh, practical clarity was uh, offered uh, on the participation on the of the two uh, uh, or, or option, Mr. Mieta, I think it would it will be fair for for us to step off this uh, item and uh, suggest that uh, the matter that was raised by Honorable Rose, sorry, Honorable uh, uh, Pile, uh, we get finality on it uh, on on Tuesday. Uh, will that suffice so that we're able to conclude on this matter of the, uh, uh, I think the, the broad understanding is the, it's just going to satisfy this uh, matter that you cannot uh, uh, offer uh, to the meeting. Will that assist us in, as the committee if we can bring it back on Tuesday, that on this matter? We, we, we are going to do that, Chair, and uh, thank you very much for the clarity. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Okay, members, I think that was uh, carried uh, by yourself uh, uh, and supported by Honorable Lizelle in terms of uh, so that we, are, we get to finality on this matter. Um, and I think Honorable Mutise has already has firmed up on the um, uh, fairness um, and the not least restriction of, this, uh, of the independent and candidates. And that is the view that will await the IEC uh, only on the matter honor play has raised. We'll close it in that matter. That will be the first item to deal with on, on Tuesday. The second matter was on the uh, requirement, um, a content advisor, um, on the percentage, the quota, that uh, we agreed that will be 50%, and but uh, informed by the presentation that we made by the uh, stakeholders. Um, uh, we had requested the committee agree that we need to go and consult. And I think members now have managed to interface with these uh, uh, views that they need to express. And we'll deal with that item. And then later we'll close up with the cooling of a uh, period. Can I invite uh, in that sequence, Honorable uh, Pile, uh, Honorable... Uh... Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, um... We, we have agreed and we've also reached a consensus on 
on, on this item in terms of the requirements for signatures. But I think that as a committee, after receiving the last presentations, uh, we were amenable to having to reconsider perhaps um, what we had already reached consensus on. But Chair, I also want to say that it's very important that while we are allowing for the inclusion in terms of ICs to participate, that again, there has to be some kind of support that one has garnered in order for you to contest. Um, and, and I see this as being highest office of the land. I see this as being a, a bigger space from, from, from local government. Um, and Chairperson, in light of that, I think I'm just going to be very simple to say that uh, having to reconsider it, uh, yes, um, I, I'm in support that it should be lowered. But again, it can't be that low where, you know, it just does not show support. And Chairperson, I want to propose that having to reach some kind of um, um, uh, reasonable, reasonable percentage, I propose that we bring it down from 50% to 30% uh, as being the required number of signatures um, for contestation. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Lukwase. Honorable Ross. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, having had the opportunity to to caucus and uh, really looking at the input of the IEC um, and certainly considering other views on this, you know, I I think initially it was quite a difficult one to look at because if you look at uh, international standards, there's all sorts of different figures that you could choose. But I think certainly um, our view is is that uh, what the IEC is proposing is is definitely the right way to go, Uh, the, the 20%. Um, which, which, to our understanding, it's it's on the lower scale of what the IEC has proposed, and so the, so the DA is proposing twenty percent chairperson. Thank, thank you, Honourable Ross, um, Honourable Lizelle. Yeah, thank you very much, chairperson. Um, I have caucused, and our view remains the same. Um, I have previously indicated in my submissions to the committee that I felt that ten to fifteen percent would be a more reasonable amount of signatures for an independent candidate to, 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 go, uh, to gather. And um, we made that submission because um, we felt that having 50%, which amounts to 20,000 or 22,000 signatures, would really impede the participation of independent candidates. However, we did mention the issue of 20% in our last meeting. And I think it was actually mentioned by, by Advocate De Beer. And other stakeholders like the IEC also expressed concern that 50% might be too high. And therefore, since that 20% was mooted in the last meeting, I did take that back and we consulted and deliberated on it. And we are happy to agree with um, a 20% threshold. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Honorable Molegua. Thank you, Chairperson. I concur with Honorable Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Ramulubin. No comment, Chair. Honorable Mudisa. 
Thank you very much, Chair. Um, we have also had consultations and I must indicate that the ANC view is that we take it down from 50% to 30%. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Tito. Okay. I think this uh, uh, members consulted on the views that uh, we, we, we carried. Um, and uh, Chairperson? Oh, yeah, no, no, I realized that you, you were not able to see my hand. So I just, can I just, Chair, it's a point of correction that the, the proposal was from the state law advisor and not the IC. The IC did not give a percentage. They just said that it must be reduced uh, because they felt that 50 was too high. I just want to make sure that that's corrected. Thank you. If we go back to our records, the IC presented a detail, made a detailed presentation on this uh, expressed views that uh, we wanted to go and consult and on the percentages that and the quotas that uh, we have uh, uh, dealt with. And I think uh, uh, it's correct that there was no opinion presented on which option we may need to, uh, uh, to take. But let me just get into the issue that uh, members have uh, uh, solicited the, the, the views and the, it's clearer that the majority views, they want uh, agreed that we must lower the percentage uh, uh, to uh, 30%. And that uh, will be our uh, caring uh, decision of the, of the committee in terms of this uh, uh, process. Not outstanding that they still have, we still have or there's still an engagement in line with other processes that may need to be still be followed by the uh, the committee and the select uh, committee. We'll stand at 30% and that will be the uh, carried view of uh, the committee. Can we now move to a next item, the cooling of period? Honorable Pile. Chairperson, uh, we still maintain and, and, and still maintain the view that the cooling off period should be there uh, for more than one reason. And I think it also allows for uh, administrative processes to even be finalized. And I think it's important that uh, it still remains. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Honorable Lukwase. Honorable Ross. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chairperson, we you know we had the input that uh, that this would be impractical to police, and uh, you know I think that the reasoning made a lot of sense to us, Chairperson. So so our position was to say that you know we could actually um, remove the cooling off period. Um, in that, in reality, if you look at the timeframes and etc., um, if you balance how practical it would be to police it versus um, the intended um, goal of it. Um, that uh, you know, our feeling is it's not really necessary, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable, uh, sorry, sorry, Honorable Ross, if I have stopped you. I just said thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Ross. Honorable uh, Molekwa. <clears throat> Honorable Zen. Chairperson, my... my um... 
points on this remain the same as I articulated in the previous meetings. We did have a a uh, lengthy discussion as a political party on on this clause. Uh, we felt since we are already imposing uh, requirements such as deposits and signatures on independent candidates, that that will suffice as a vetting mechanism. And therefore, we do not think that including the cooling off period uh, is advisable from a practical point of view. Um, for example, if you if if an IFP member says. I have submitted my resignation to the Nkandla office, for example. Um, those things are difficult to police, but even more so for the IEC, uh, considering all the other additional requirements that they would also have to fulfill in order to uh, ensure free and fair elections. So our view is that we should not include the cooling off period. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Tito. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm covered by Honorable Pillay. Thank you. Um, Honorable Ramulubi. Sorry, it was Honorable Ramulubi. Yes, Honorable Mulekwa. Sorry, sorry. Was it Honorable Ramulubi or Honorable Mulekwa? I want just to be on record. Thanks, Chairperson. I'm covered by Honorable Oh, Okay, thank you, Honorable. Sorry, Honorable Ramulubi. Honorable Modiste. Thank you very much, Chair. I support that the cooling off period should remain. Thank you. Any other member who I could not call? Okay, we have solicited views on all the matters deliberated and supported that uh, the cooling of period uh, must remain as has uh, been stated on the, uh, must, must remain, and that is the committee will carry that decision. The only matter which we are going to uh, come back as agreed with the IEC is on the issue, the first item uh, that uh, uh, was raised and uh, the point that uh, Honorable Pillay has, has raised. Um, uh, so we and we know that uh, on Tuesday it will be a holiday um, and uh, the committee uh, will be advised by Mr. Matonsi um, whether our committee will be the next Wednesday uh, or the next day. Um, I'm not sure uh, that will receive guidance from Mr. Matonsi. Oh, Mr. Salmon, uh, can I check with that, uh, Mr. Salmon or Mr. Matunzi? Uh, Chairperson, um, I'm able to. I was able to connect now. It's Eddie. We yes. do have an approval for a meeting for the 10th of uh, of August. Okay. So the 10th of August is Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Members, will uh, uh, is there, uh, Mr. Matunzi? No, no, it is not me, Chairperson. Oh, sorry. Oh. Can I recognize? Uh, I, I, I can't see. It's Honorable Russ, Chairperson. Yes, yes, Honorable Russ. Yeah. Sorry, Chairperson. I, I think you're possibly about to give us an opportunity to raise any other issues. 
Um, I just wanted to remind uh, the chairperson, and I probably should have done this when Adam did his presentation, um, but there was also the issue of the number of party agents um, that the IEC raised in the last meeting and uh, asked us to consider. Um, the proposal was that where the venue is not big enough to accommodate multiple party agents, that the allowable number be reduced or rotated. And the committee was not asked to take a position on this, um, but consider it for the next time. So this is one of the issues that, that we were asked to also um, uh, resolve on. Whether in certain situations where the venue is not big enough, where the, the number of allowable party agents could be reduced. Okay, okay. Can I suggest, Honorable uh, Ross, uh, without um, imposing my the view uh, that we we carry that matter again on for Wednesday, if that will will be comfortable, Honorable uh, Ross? Yes, Chair, that's fine. Okay. Thanks, members. Um, we'll then carry those issues for for Wednesday, and we'll then come back to uh, to finalize all the issues that uh, we we have uh, resolved on. Um, is there any other matter from the side of uh, parliamentary legal service and state law advisors uh, that we need to make an input? State law advisor, Ms. Gavinda. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, at this stage, we seem to be fine. We will start looking at those decisions um, that came out of today's deliberations and implementing it into the A-list. And we will be guided by the committee um, at the next meeting as to what further details need to be included in the A-list. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Th thank you, um, uh, Mr. Njigela. Person, um, I, I agree with the state law advisor. We appreciate the guidance and we will wait for further direction from the committee. Okay. Uh, so thank you. As you will know, I, I, I have a team through you, Chairperson, if they have any other that are there. Uh, Mr. Njigela, I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it's, whether it's on my side. You seem to be the network seems to be compromising your input. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if you can be better. Um, let me yes, try again. No, you're fine now. You're fine now, Mr. Njikela. Thank you. No, I was just saying, Chairperson, from my side, I, I think all the issues have been covered, as the state law advisor has just mentioned. But I was just saying, Chairperson, uh, there is a team from Parliament if through you, if they have any other issue that I may have missed, they you allow them to to make their input. Th thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. You can then work on the delegation. Uh, I may not have recognized their name, so that uh, uh, you can assist me, Mr. Njikela, to invite them. Uh, Daksha. Um, yes, Chair. 
Um, as Mr. Ruiz has said, uh, the IEC had mentioned that there were outstanding drafting issues, and Mr. Ruiz did mention the issue of agents. And just looking at the IEC's presentation, there was also a new amendment that they wanted, which was to Section 30, which is currently not in the bill. So um, that is also perhaps something that the Portfolio Committee might need to consider at the next meeting. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Jelana? Uh, nothing from my side, Sibiwe. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Okay. The reason I said you must call them, Mr. I thought the new team that uh, uh, you brought, uh, uh, if you have indicated that this Daksha and Chalana could have, is it your, uh, the responsibility? But thanks for mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. Th thanks for that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, DM your team. I don't think there's any other issue unless I'm working on a wrong assumption. Deputy Minister? No, you're, you're correct, Chair. There's no other issue from, from us. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, um, members. Um, Commissioner Miebza, I'm not sure if there's any other matter. Uh, we, we are fully covered. I see Commissioner Laf has just joined us, but she has been covered uh, by, by the apology we made. Um, we'll deal with uh, with with the, with the matter at the next sitting, uh, Chair. For your indulgence, um, um, it, it, it is possible that uh, um, the CONI uh, may or may not be able to join next week. Um, we we will not be in the office. We are attending one official business to another matter. But we we certainly take this process seriously, and we will do our best to to uh, to engage. Thank you very much indeed for today. No thanks. With the taking appreciation to parliamentary legal service, the state law advisors, the IEC, the legal team, uh, deputy minister of uh, that are supporting uh, home affairs on this process from the initial stage that we're uh, dealing with this uh, matter and uh, to this, uh, uh, towards this process of ending on this issue. I think we must carry that, uh, the committee carry that collective uh, 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 appreciation. I think where there were uh, the issues that you raised uh, and that made other stakeholders become forth, we'll be able to deal with it in the same meeting. And I think we conclude today's meeting with that uh, understanding. On Wednesday, we're dealing with only those two issues and we close on them. Then we will look on other items, the business of the of the portfolio committee. Thanks very much, uh, honorable members for your contributions and i think thanks very much legal team uh, on three stakeholders and the commissioner Miyata leading the iec the the, the iec and mr matonzi is there any other matter for announcement before we stand off the meeting mr matonzi Okay, Mr. Salmon? Uh, no, Chairperson, I think we are, we're covered. Uh, the only thing is that if we meet on Wednesday, we can uh, try have a revised uh, A-list with uh, all the options so we can just vote on one option or the other so that we can finalize the A-list. 
because we are really putting pressure on the NCOP committee to uh, no, thanks very much. delaying their process. Thank okay, you. thanks very much. I think that will be appreciated so that uh, in the same meeting we deal with we deal with the ALIS, adopt it, and then we close on the matter. Thanks very much, colleagues. Thanks, members, uh, and the stakeholders. Uh, the meeting stand adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Bye-bye. Thank you, colleagues. Bye. Thank you, Chair. Bye. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you.